0: world of Work podcast with james
1: and jane hi everyone just before we get cracking into this week's episode i wanted to jump on and mention our new support page so as some of you may know we're on a bit of a mission to increase accessibility to good quality management and career training Um, and if you'd like to support us in this you can go to www.worldofwork.io forward slash support to learn more
0: hi everyone welcome to episode seven. <gasps> yeah i know right episode seven of a world of work podcast the mighty seven it's a magic Is it number at this
1: point that i admit i never thought we'd get this far i,
0: I, think, <laughs> I think you're very welcome there i didn't think we necessarily would either after we recorded the first one like three times oh, <laughs> never to get it right happy Getting days worse each one um anyway today we're going to be chatting about vision purpose mission statements um and to some extent, the role of visions and purposes in the strategic thinking around organisations. But the core core focus is on those visions and purposes. Um, So as ever, the running order is uh, some definition discussions, a bit of research roundup, list of the week, stories from the keyboard, some final thoughts and top tips, and then we'll
1: be checking out. And as always, you can uh, follow... Uh, what we've been talking about, and also check out some of our resources by going to our website, which is thewowpodcast.org dot and you can follow us on Twitter.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, Twitter at the Wow Podcast. You can you can look us up there. Hopefully, uh, some of you are following us. So, how you been?
1: uh it's been good. I've had a really good week. Great. Um, I it's I don't want to sound cheesy, right? But. Uh, completely separate from doing my prep for um this subject yeah i had a real moment of clarity about why i'm doing what i'm doing in my uh study and in my changing roles at the moment for those of you who don't know i'm back at uni after 20 years and after a very unillustrious undergraduate um period of my life so uh i had a real moment of clarity this week about why i'm doing it and um how important I think it is that people understand their options in the world of work and understand how they can navigate them so that was and it's highly highly relevant right because I I understood and I started thinking about after I did my prep what my vision and what my purpose is excellent so yeah
0: personal visions and purposes can be powerful things it
1: was it was a really relevant moment
0: oh isn't that good well I'm pleased well I had a pretty good week as well Um, I've got a few sort of projects that I'm working on and I had some really good contacts with some new people in relation to some of them so um, I've got some phone calls lined up with some people overseas which I'm kind of excited about. Um,
1: that sounds both mysterious and exciting. It is, it's like, mysterious right? and
0: exciting. We'll see. It's probably going to end up being really boring uh, but it's fun. It's oh, other...
1: let's have less of that. Yeah,
0: okay. It, it should be fun. Uh, uh, looking at um, sort of behaviour change and culture change and bringing this stuff into finance functions um, and just sharing some things about that and looking at that. So I'm looking, oh, wow, looking forward that to that. That sounds really exciting. Yeah, yeah. So that's lined up. We'll see how it goes. Great.
1: So should we crack on with today?
0: Yeah. Do you want to...
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I should say, um, I've got to be excited uh, looking at this topic because I've spent quite a bit of my time with organisations trying to wrestle with visions and purposes and missions. And and in the non-profit, particularly uh, sector, it's it's quite a big deal. So we're going to start with some definitions, some terminology for everyone. Um, And I'm going to be really honest right now and say that it it needs to be really clear that not everyone agrees on what some of these definitions are. Um, I have sat in senior leadership meetings in a number of organisations and there has been a disagreement about what a mission is versus a vision, what visions versus values, what a strategy is versus what strategic plan, and so forth. So we're just going to give you some definitions from various dictionaries um, and websites and then also a little bit of some of the experience of, of what we see things as. So from the business dictionary, which is mostly where we've saw stuff this week, um, strategy is a method or plan chosen to bring about a desired future, such as the achievement of a goal or solution to a problem. Um, and we then I think it's really important to talk about levels of strategy. Uh, because that is often where people get derailed in mission and, a huge about and values, right? of Right? Yeah, they of off confusion. talking about mission, and suddenly they're writing forty-five page documents. Um, so a corporate strategy or uh, a organisational strategy is around answering a key question. Um, so what, what is the business we're in? Yeah. What what are we trying to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, versus a business strategy, which is, you know, now we know what we're trying to do. How are we going to compete as a business or how are we going to be unique as yeah, a nonprofit?
0: yeah, yeah. And, and that's like a key difference for, for what should we do? You know, we are an organisation. What should we be doing based on external factors and so on is your corporate piece. And then, like you said, once you know what you should be doing, then how do you do it? Well, that's your business strategy.
1: Yeah, and I often think it's a lot easier to do, define between the ter- And maybe it's because of my non, non-corporate non mm-hmm. background. Those two terms don't usually sit that well. But um, we often talk about the difference between strategic, uh, strategic management and operational management. Um, and operational management is predominantly about the practical processes, um, how we're improving efficiency, how we're managing costs and how we spend money. Yeah. Because for us, it's not always about controlling costs in the non It's about how do we effectively spend other people's money yeah. um, versus strategic management, which is about thinking about much more about the organization and its place in the wider sector, which particularly in non-profit matters a yeah. lot well for us. So, um, now let's get on to the most contentious, I think, which is what's a vision statement and what's a mission statement. Okay. So, we're going to define vision statement as an aspirational description of what an organisation would like to achieve or accomplish in the middle long-term future. Um, a clear guide for choosing current and future courses of action. Um, I would say it's about painting a picture of what the future could be like if you get it right. Totally. Totally. Um, in, and, in non-specific terms and
0: we'll talk about it a bit more but for me the vision statement can be somewhat distanced from the, the underlying business to some extent it needs to be really relevant but it could be slightly different as well
1: yeah and I think, I think where I've seen it work most effectively is where it gets a sense of where all the workers and all the customers or stakeholders agree that's what a good future looks like yeah absolutely and, and then the debate comes about how you get to that future and, that, and what purpose this particular yeah. organisation can serve in yeah. that future uh, a mission statement, a written de- declaration of an organization's core purpose and focus that normally remains unchanged over time. Properly crafted, these statements serve as filters to separate what is important from what's not and clearly state what markets will be served and how. Um, I have a, a friend who always talks about mission statements. The clarity is what they don't say. So what are you not going to do? Yeah. Um, so although they don't say that, they say what you're going to do, you should be able to uh, take from that statement and the rest we're not doing that's yeah. not our bag yeah, 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 yeah. and so when you think about the two together the vision is about the world you create yeah and the mission is about how you particularly are going to further that vision yeah absolutely um as an organization I, i'm going to add one in as well which is my one of my favorites which is around uh strategy screens so strategy screens are something i've seen that's been really effective working with organizations that are very practical and don't have huge corporate arms and they are a set of a small number of questions that every person in the organization can ask themselves before they accept a new piece of work to think, does this really fit with what we're trying to do? And uh, I think what it does is it allows people, particularly uh, where you have large teams working remotely uh, and working with other partners to navigate for themselves what work is useful to the organization and what's not. Um, It works really well with funding organizations as well. And then uh, just a couple more that I think uh, might be particularly useful uh we've got in here um, something around planning. And I think that's relevant for uh, the concept of a strategic plan and an operational plan. So planning is a basic management function involving formulation of one or more detailed plans to achieve optimum balance of needs or demands with the available resources, which is well, well catchy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? It's pretty
0: distinctive, isn't it? It's kind of economic, isn't it? You know, like allocate those scarce resources to meet your it, Optimized it utility.
1: Is absolutely management theory at its best, yeah. trying to overcomplicate what planning does. And I think the way we always talk about it in the organisation is just like we talked about the difference between the levels of strategy or operational management and strategic management. We have a strategic plan and an operational plan. The strategic plan will be longer term and it will be about how, what are we going to do? What's our mission? What are we going to do to get further the the, the the idea of the vision and some of the tactics that we're going to use? And the operational plan is a yearly thing. And then we sit down and we go, right, what resources have we got and how are we going to prioritize it? Yeah, those? it's more
0: detailed, refined. Yeah.
1: And it's a it's a, it's effectively a tool that allows us to get permission from our board to say, Yes, you've understood the strategy correctly and yeah. the strategic plan. And we agree that the way you want to spend your money and spend your time reflects that. We'll help you reach plan. your goals, right? Yeah. And, that's and exactly we'll we'll doing. activate the strategic plan. Yeah. So that's the way we think about it. Which I think is useful terminology. But as again, I'm going to say it again because I don't think it can be said enough. I have been in businesses and I have been in organizations that would disagree and swap those terms around and would use them differently. Ultimately, what matters is do you understand what you're doing as a group and why? Yeah. So there's some terminology and definitions for you. Cool. James?
0: What about, what about, uh, purpose statements. Did we touch on purpose
1: statements? Uh, okay, so that's really interesting. So purpose statements, I haven't come across as, as much. Okay. But my understanding is that they're almost identical to a mission statement. Yeah. But sometimes they overlap with visions. Yeah. Is that right?
0: Well, I'd say it's basically the same as a mission. I mean, I, I really think it is. I think it's just worth touching on both of them because, well, certainly at least in the UK, organisations often have a vision and a purpose. Yeah. Um, and in the US, they often have a vision and a mission and a mission. Um, but I really think the missions and the vision, uh, sorry, missions and purposes of a are the same. Oh, so that's
1: really interesting. I wonder if there is a differential between um, non-profits then and corporates because in Britain, uh, charities will often have a vision and a mission rather than a purpose. Yeah. And I guess it's partly because mission is has in its heritage a, a non you know, missions. Yeah, yeah. If you go back to mission statements and the missionaries, yeah. it was a, a, you know, an organization would have a wider concept of how they wanted the world to be, and then they would send specific missions out yeah, to yeah, achieve yeah, that. Yeah.
0: So so maybe there's something in that, maybe it's just the organizations I've worked with. Yeah. Um so I think we're saying they're we basically
1: the same thing. Yeah, and we probably actually it's probably a really good point because we will probably interchange mission yeah. and purpose through yeah. this conversation. Cool. Okay, so do you wanna take us through your research? <gasps> the wonderful world of management yeah, theory.
0: Yeah, lucky us. Lucky us, I have
1: opinions about management theory, but um us so we'll through some stuff, about. right?
0: Um, okay, cool. So let's go straight into the research roundup with a little bit of management theory and see what we get to. So we're going to start off by having a little bit of a reflection on how visions and missions relate to strategy. Um, and obviously, we've spoken a lot about strategy earlier, but you know, how exactly do these fit together and, and how does it fit within that process? And all I'm going to do is run through quickly two different sort of high-level strategic processes or strategic models that people use in different environments um, just so you can see the role of of visions and missions in them. The first thing I'm going to touch on is something called Vimosa, V-M-O-S-A, the Vimosa project or sometimes... Tell
1: me that's a cocktail.
0: It sounds like it, doesn't it? Vodka, martini, and I don't know what else all the other ones are. Um, So yeah, so sometimes it's also called Vimost, V-M-O-S-T and like a lot of these things it's just the first letters of the different words that are in here. So Vimosa it stands for Vision, Mission, Objectives, Strategies and Action Plans. Vimosa. Or when it's VMOST, VMOST, it is Vision, Mission, Objectives, Strategies, and Tactics. And really all this is is, is it's a framework that lets you delve down um, sort of the the ladder of detail and specificity around what you're doing. And it's it's a it's a way to build out how you run your business so at the very first level you should have your vision right so you should have in your mind as an organization where you're trying to get to what that future state is that you want to create so you get that and then once you have that you get a sense of well if that's your vision what's your mission so you know the way you want the world to be the mission then becomes well what is our role in this what is it that we do that will help us achieve that vision so you've delved down a level and got your your mission Then once you've got your vision and your mission, you delve down another level and say, okay, well, we've got our vision, we've got our mission. What are our specific objectives? What are some specific goals and sort of targets that we want to have that if we meet these objectives, we will feel that we're on the path of our mission and we're close to or contributing to achieving our vision? So vision, mission, objectives. And then once you've got those objectives, this is where some of the language is a bit confusing. Then it says, OK, well, what are your strategies? So for each one of those objectives that you've laid out, what is your strategy to help you achieve that? And in some of the language that we used earlier, this is where people might be talking about some of the, you know, the business strategy as opposed to the corporate strategy. So how do, you, how do we have a specific strategy that helps us tackle each of these objectives? And we'd have different strategies for our different objectives. Then once you've got your strategies, the next stage here is the A over T and the most over most, and A is for action plans and T is for tactics. And in some ways, it's kind of similar, um, but it says now that you've got your strategy to meet your objective, what are the actions that you need to take, or what are the specific lower-level tactical activities that you need to take as part of your uh, desire to implement that strategy. So really, this is just a, a layered level of detail. Um, and the, the key message here in terms of vision and, and mission and purpose statements is, start with a vision, delve down a level to work out your mission, and from there delve down layer by layer to add at each stage a bit more clarity around what you want to achieve and how you're going to do it. So that, you know, in a nutshell, that's for, for most of the most framework, but you know, the key point is it starts with a vision and mission, and you need to have that visibility in view of what you're trying to do. So that's model one to consider. The next model I want to touch on is known as the strategic management framework. Um, And again, it's just a way of conceptualizing broadly what I'd talk about as a strategy cycle. And a lot of industries and organizations run strategy in a cyclical basis. Um, Basically, you know, at a really high level, it's let's analyze what's going on. Let's figure out what we want to do based on what's going on. Let's create some projects. Let's implement them. And then let's get to the end of that cycle. And then let's pause, stick our heads up, take a bit of breath and then start again. So sometimes it's a three-year cycle. Some people run an annual strategy cycle, you know, all all that sort of differentiations in there. But fundamentally, it's a cyclical process. Um, And the strategic management framework helps encapsulate that. So the strategic management framework has, at the very top of it, going across everything, and you can see this online, um, it has the vision and purpose. So the key message here is that your vision and purpose is consistent And it's the top level thing that you think about within your organization when you're thinking about strategy. Then if you go down a little bit beneath your vision and purpose, the strategic management framework breaks out effectively two repeated uh, processes. The first is the formulation of strategy. So stage one in your strategic management framework is to formulate your strategy. And then stage two is to implement it. And your strategy cycle is as follows. Formulate, implement, assess. Formulate, implement, assess formulate, implement, assess. I could do that for quite a while, right? But essentially... And I wish
1: people would <laughs> rather than just stopping after the first one, right? Because yeah. they
0: do. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's for the, the sort of iterative process. So let's look a little bit more at what we mean and what's involved in formulation and what's involved in implementation. So formulation, what's in there? So for the first thing around formulation, once you have your vision and purpose, is to really understand and, and do some analysis. So for analysis, you want to understand yourself as an organization. So what are we, who's there, what are our capabilities, what are the skills that we have? You also want to assess your uh, industry. So what's going on in your industry? What are maybe some of the technologies? What's the competitive landscape? What are expected changes? What's labor policy? What's regulation? You know, things like that. And, And what do you see coming in the future? And then you want to look a little bit more broadly. So you want to look at your external environment. So you want to say, you know, what's your global political environment? What's the impact of, um, uh, you know, the, the broader economy? What's the environment doing? What's your legal structure? All your pestle or PEST type things might might fall into that. So you analyse and you're, you're aware of yourself and more broadly the wider world at different levels. And then, you know, knowing that wider piece, stage two of formulation is strategy formation. So to do this, you need to, Assess that external piece, you need to then think about your opportunities, risks, and do some scenario planning based on your internal assessment and the environment that you've assessed. And then with that, you need to make some decisions. So you need to decide, knowing what you know about yourself and the wider world and and your view of the future, what is your competitive advantage? Um, What do you want to do with your portfolio of businesses, if you're a a multi-business group or, or company? What about your geographic scope? What markets do you want to be in geographically? What's your market position that you want to adopt for your products or for your portfolios? And then maybe you want to go back and and look at analysing the value chain within your industry, looking at your core competencies, uh, sorry, um, value chain within your your organisation. Maybe look at your core competencies and use that to to really decide what your positioning is going to be and and what you're going to do as a business. And then the last stage of formulation is having decided, uh, based on your analysis of a wider world, what you're going to do, you then need to set goals and really prepare yourself so that you know where you're heading specifically in relation to your strategy. So here you need to bring in some policies and procedures to help control that, but really key at this stage is you need to look at KPIs, your key performance indicators, or maybe your OKRs, depending on the language you use. So that's your objectives and key results. Um, And you you need to make sure that that these measures of success are done at a corporate level, maybe at a functional level, at a business unit level, Um, and make sure that these are a good set of indicators for your success in your aspirational goals towards reaching your objectives um, and your uh, you know the, the outcomes that you're aiming for your business to get to so you need that piece of goal setting and then once you've got those more um, business oriented kPIs you then need to translate those into goals for individuals so you take your corporate um, kPIs uh, okrs and and then you build them into measures for potentially business units but certainly at an individual or leadership level you start to allocate accountabilities to people and say these are some targets this is what your scorecard is going to look like as a business this is what good looks like and that whole process encapsulates formulation so again formulation is analyzing yourself in the environment using that analysis to come up with a decision around what you're going to do and how you're going to do it and then setting some goals so you know how far you're going to go um and where you want to go. So that's formulation.
1: And I would I'd probably just flag up there that that is probably the best ex- explanation of why vision and mission does matter. Yeah. Because if you get that first bit wrong, pretty much everything you're then going to decide to do is going to not be fit for purpose. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you, you know, your vision and your purpose override
1: all of this. It's so funny listening to you talk and I was thinking, oh, does it matter? And I know we're going to talk about that later. And does it matter? Well, maybe it doesn't. Yeah, no, no, Waver around. Of course it matters because mm-hmm. ultimately, if you don't really understand what you're trying to do, and this is particularly true where your not-profit is not the primary objective, um, it's just, you, you're guessing. You're just guessing about what you're doing.
0: Yeah. You just don't have any clarity, no. right? You don't have... Uh, concise direction well and you're you one guy if you,
1: if you can't articulate yeah, as a C- CEO what you're trying to achieve and what your organisation is hopefully trying to get behind you've got no chance of yeah. getting everyone else behind yeah. You. yeah, yeah you can't make decisions
0: Um, so so that's formulation and then we get on to implementation which is the second part of a strategic management framework and, and implementations in two different stages so the first part of an implementation is around making sure that you've got the right structure through which to deliver So here it's around making sure you've got an organizational structure that aligns to it, making sure you've got the right leadership. Then another structural piece is around what is your um, initiative structure and program. So strategies are almost always delivered through a portfolio of initiatives, a program of work that help you achieve your strategic goals. So from a structural perspective, do you have the right initiatives? Do you have the right program? Do you have the, the governance structures and all of that? And then structurally, in terms of the shape of your business, do you have the right businesses in there? So is your portfolio correct? Let's restructure that. Do you need to make acquisitions? Do you need to dispose to make sure that the the portfolio of business units that you have or companies or brands that you have really fits with your analysis of the market, the strategy you've set and the goals that you're trying to get to? So, So that structure piece is around getting all the pieces on the board in the right way so that you're in a position to use those pieces to achieve your goals. Um, And then there's a piece around, well, let's actually do it and go out and launch all the projects and start to deliver and all of that stuff. And the second half of the implementation part of a strategic management framework is control and feedback. And this is an all too important um, piece of, of any business. This is the kind of nuts and bolts of it. So in here, you need to have your budgets, you need to have your targets, you need to have your financial plans, you need to have... Um, you know, your forecasted KPIs, you need to have your headcount targets, you need to have your sales targets, all that kind of stuff's in there. Um, and you need to track against it to see if you are moving in the direction that you want to move in. Um, so that if you are, you can celebrate that, great. If you're not, then you can take corrective action. But you need to have that control in there and that feedback so that you can make those decisions. And
1: that's, I cannot stress enough to those of you working in uh, organisations where profit's not the primary purpose, how important that is so the, one of the single biggest challenges in non-profits is mission creep and you see it in corporates too but it's, it's a, you know it's trying to achieve your vision and all of your vision single handedly rather than identifying clearly what you as an organisation are going to try and do and then sticking to it and I think um, it's really, really important to understand those steps beyond vision and mission otherwise what you end up with is a group of people going out and trying to do everything And that just doesn't work.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. And it's important in corporates as well, right? I mean, it is important everywhere. Um, The last piece I touch on for implementation phase, for this implementation phase, is about making sure that you've got an incentive structure and you track against it. So, you know, quite often there are... um, performance related pay or or options or things like that and you just need to control those and make sure that you're managing those effectively so when you've created measures and and scorecards for individuals or leaders or business units those then translate into your incentive structure and you need to make sure that you're controlling and using that properly
1: yeah this is probably my biggest both frustration and advice to people around this stuff which is don't accidentally gamify the system don't yeah. ac- and what I mean by that is don't accidentally put into place rewards and uh, targets that uh, when it turns out they're not the right ones, but you've really kind of encouraged people to go for them to understand that people might change their behavior and create a, uh, create inadvertent issues. Yeah. So the most practical example I can give of this is, you know, you say to people, right, we want the uh, customer service. You know you're going to be rewarded for the speed at which you can shut down a conversation yeah. uh, when you phone into a call center because we will equate the speed that you've shut it down yeah. with the speed that you are with the uh, equ- speed of resolution. The most ex- practical example I can give you is that I phoned in the utility company the other day and eventually they just hung up on me because they realised that I wasn't a customer mm. on their books, but they had accidentally switched my. My supply, yeah, and you could you could feel them sweating because they. I've been on the phone with them for an hour and a half. And yeah, what to do? And, and eventually, you know, you, I just got cut off. Yeah, and um, that guy. It's not that guy's fault that there is a process that is bad that doesn't explain what yeah. for me to do. It's not his fault, but he will then He'll ruin behave, his average. Right? And it's because it's an average, right? You know, yeah. they'll have worked it out that it's you know the average amount of time rather than how many calls over ten minutes or whatever are allowing them some mm. average. So I would just urge HR professionals to really understand yeah. metrics and, and how yeah. metrics can work. And, and when you're looking at that feedback, understand what's going on. So when you you think you're reducing the numbers and, way hey, that's brilliant, everyone's happy, and actually you've got a load of disgruntled customers yeah. who feel like they've been cut off quickly yeah, and they've been overly pushed to resolve. Yeah,
0: I've got, I've got two really, I think, good examples of that, but I'll touch on quickly now. Um, one is around uh, wait time for appointments yeah. and appointments met. Uh, at at, uh, gps so there are targets around how many people are met at the time that they've specified and what that's resulted in in uh in general practitioner medical practices in the uk in lots of instances is that you can only book an appointment for the day that you're you're phoning up right so you can't forward book because if you forward book chances are that you or there's a higher probability that you won't be able to make it and that'll affect KPIs and metrics. So you only let people have appointments on the day, which is a dreadful outcome for individuals, but helps people meet targets.
1: And is a dreadful outcome for GPs. It's a dreadful outcome can't for Because they can plan, yeah. a, a, they're always seeing people when there's the biggest issue yeah. rather than people managing... Um, Conditions, yeah, yeah, and actually, it's interesting that I think there that there seems to be some kickback around that, and they seem to be resolved, yeah, it because definitely practices are changing now. Yeah, this it's crazy.
0: And the other one I'm going to touch on is um, maybe more of a corporate one, which is return on capital employed. Okay, right? so you know your capital is the stuff that you're using for your business, and your return is basically the income that you take off it, right? And capital is a fixed thing, which you measure you know, throughout the year, but it's kind of a point in time thing and your income is an accumulation ever over time. Um and, you know, you want to get a great return on capital employed, and there are two ways to do that. One is to increase your return, and two is to reduce the capital that you have. Yeah. You know, so all you need to do to get a great return on capital employed is just sell everything. Sell all your assets. You've got no capital. You've had a great return throughout the year and suddenly you've got a skyrocketing return on capital and, employed. And
1: that is a great example of where um the the structure of the organisation and the people who own it come into play for strategies, which is unfortunate, but true. And I know we're going to talk on, uh, we're going to touch on that in a new podcast, as always. There's as something always else that something we're going to, to talk look about, to. but um, it, it's, in, it's enormously frustrating. And a lot of that comes from either a vision or a mission that isn't clear enough. And then some yeah. are always lost yeah, and yeah, people yeah. have ended up at KPIs and they've ended up at targets. And yeah. they are so disassociated from what the original mission is that quite often they're contradictory. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um but you know it's never the workers' fault. If yeah. if, if an organization is saying this is what we will reward yeah, if you. If the goalposts are ever there, then you go from And I think posts. that's when when particularly senior leaders misunderstand how powerful HR and goal setting and management is. Yeah. Um oh, hugely frustrating. Anyway.
0: Cool. So that's a bit on vision uh, visions. <laughs> a bit on visions and missions, um, and where they fit in the strategy mm-hmm. uh, process and you know, the key call out is they're, they're the first bit on which the rest of your strategy is built, really. Get them right early.
1: Build it on marshmallow and you are going nowhere. Yeah, way. yeah.
0: Unless you've got lots of spaghetti to build it up into a team building activity. Um anyway, so uh, next point. Do we want to touch on what makes good vision and mission statements? Yeah, I think
1: really useful. Yeah. We've just come up with a, a few things that we think really help when you're thinking about your statements. Uh, so visions, be future focused. I've talked about, you know, that concept of drawing a, a picture of the future. Clear, directional, uh, unique in the sense that um, it needs to feel different for, to engage people. Yeah. Uh, aspirational inspiring vivid relevant we talked earlier about how they can be somehow less pin downable yeah it's okay for a vision to be a little bit uh, a little bit more creative about the way they're seeing the future slightly
0: esoteric a little bit yeah not too much
1: yes Um, versus Mm -hmm. missions which are generally ideally brief but need to be specific yeah um, and substantive Uh, again unique but versus the aspirations of a vision, they should be achievable, they should be focused, they should be motivational, they should last, they should be future-proofed. Yeah, they should so, be consistent. So you know, in a year's time, yeah, you should still be able to stand by your mission. Yeah, um, And I think they need to be memorable because I think of all of the things, that mission, that uh, mission, that mission or purpose. <laughs> I did that a minute, okay. Um, It's the bit you really need everyone to remember when they're going around their day-to-day life in your organization.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, so for me, with all that, like, with vision, it's your effort to kind of see into the future and sculpt that definition of a future in a way that helps everybody want to get there. You know, it's kind of motivational, and I think that's great.
1: It is great. We will talk about how people can go a bit wrong with that. Yeah. A bit yeah, 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 you, you can get a little bit um, But, um, yeah, I, I think, I think it, you can do very little harm if you get a really sem- simple, bold statement for your vision of the future and a really clear... Uh, motivational and achievable statement for your mission
0: yeah yeah so it's kind of simple isn't it when we break it down it's kind of
1: some simple guidelines but you and i right? both know how hard it is as i think yeah in practice about how right? hard it is to yeah. craft something that theory sounds like versus that.
0: practice yeah all right cool so that's what good looks like we think for visions and missions um what about who we think needs visions you know and, and what levels they should be at have you got any thoughts on who should have them
1: I do, James. I've always got thoughts. Yeah, um, I think it's one an of the easy question for me to channel, ask. Have you got right? any thoughts? <laughs> uh, so you asked me a question when, during my during our briefing notes. Um, James, for those of you who don't know, James has these amazing briefing notes for me that help me structure how I'm thinking about stuff when we're preparing for it. So most of, most of the research stuff is all from him. And uh, your question, I'm going to read it out exactly. Oh, right, okay. It says at the bottom <laughs> is, side discussion, are they just bollocks? right? <laughs> and I think it's really important to understand what I'm about to say in the conscious path. I, when you, when I read I was thinking about who needs a vision I, I, after that I was like actually do you know what no one it's a nonsense and I disappeared down a bit of a wormhole of why do we do this and then there was interesting that of all the people to spot this I thought you who doesn't predominantly work in the charity sector mm. your point was the um, charitable third sector and social groups um, really benefit from them because what they're trying to achieve is not necessarily as simple as profit yeah, yeah. and And as soon as I read that, I I got myself back in my box and I remembered all of the stuff that I've done with all of the teams that I've worked. And we might not have called them missions or visions or Mm. purposes. And sometimes we didn't, sometimes Mm. we didn't. But a shared understanding of the world we wanted to move towards and a shared understanding of how we, in our small way or big way, depending Mm. on how big an organisation we were, were going to help that happen, that matters. And it matters particularly to the people doing it. Because quite often, it is the the motivation that keeps them in that organization. Quite often, beyond everything, it's about purpose for them. And and so for me, I went from no one needs them to everyone needs them, um, very, very quickly. Because that sector needs them because they have to have them. But also, I think, uh, in a world where profit can become king in the corporate, it's really important, I think, uh, to stick to your lane or be deliberate about the lane you're choosing. And I use lane quite a lot in terms yeah. of swimming lanes or running lanes because it's just an easy way for me to understand. Yeah, yeah. But um, we talk about it a lot in staying focused and having laser focus on what you're doing. And I think when you're a corporate, it is really easy to see profitable places. And you know what? If that's your if that's your vision, the organisation that makes the most money in the world, great, go for it, and then do whatever you need to do to make make money. Yeah. But if you are trying to be more deliberate about. Uh, The industry you're in then I think you need it because you need to uh, give people an opportunity to understand what they should be spending their time doing in order Mm -hmm. to meet the ambitions of the organisation so if you're aiming to be the most profitable footwear company um, and you are going to do that by uh, the cheapest raw materials Mm -hmm. then great everyone knows that and that's what they're trying to do and that's where they're going to focus on because uh, and then comes back to some critical thinking stuff that I read quite a lot which is about the idea that if you get everyone lots of different brains thinking in the same direction then you have a really good opportunity to move them all very very quickly and I think that's what yeah. shared, good shared visions and missions do um, it allows you to concentrate very quickly and get competitive advantage in one particular area because chances are no one else is thinking that concertedly about that single lane yeah that focused. Um and I and for me uh, I also think they really matter for creating a culture where people believe and understand each other's roles uh-huh. because if you can relate your role to the vision and the mission mm-hmm. whatever organization you work in jobs are good mm-hmm. because then everyone knows that everyone's contributing yeah
0: so i've got a question for you on we'll come back a little bit to who needs need to but who, who were they for then you know based on our conversation who are who they for
1: oh uh, so we've had this row right mm-hmm. and i'm sure you've had this are mm-hmm. they external or internal mm-hmm. documents and are you doing them for internal or external reasons and i think who they should be for and who they're actually for are two very different okay from my perspective i don't know if you see this the same way so quite often i uh i find that leadership teams want me to help them work on uh visions and missions in order to demonstrate something externally to funders to shareholders to stakeholders um to the industry to say this is who we are Yeah. Um, and my frustration is that I think they are most successful and most impactful internally okay. on a shared understanding of boards, of uh, companies, uh, in the sense of the, 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 if you're working in a group, um, I think they're really helpful for managers and employees to create a common language and I think uh, they help make internal operational plans but I think how they get used is glossy statements to share with the world and they become advertising and marketing and I think that's where it goes wrong. I don't think your vision has to be anything to do with your marketing plans. It can be great Mm -hmm. if it happens to be a great one but that's not why you create them and I think too often I've sat in meetings where people are thinking about their mission and going how is it going to play with the public and I'm like I'm not sure that's what you should be worried about. I think you should be worried about how is it going to help you do what you're trying to do.
0: Yeah. Okay. So there's something about the ordering around how you think about um, but users, if you mentioned Yeah, but here, I,
1: I have a massive bugbear about how comms and advertising and marketing tends to yeah. drive agendas anyway, within, particularly within non-profits yeah. when actually they're meant to be engaging and, and campaigning.
0: Yeah. So what about individuals? Do you have a? a I'd pro- be
1: such a hypocrite to say, to having just told you <laughs> at the beginning of this podcast, that it really helped give me some clarity about my own personal vision and my ability to impact change it would be a, I would be hypocritical uh, the height of hypocrisy to say no I don't think we should have them okay. however like values we talked about a few episodes ago about values I think it's really important to understand that personal visions and corporate visions don't have to match yeah. and you can work really effectively in an organisation and still have a very different purpose and vision
0: absolutely yeah
1: but I think everyone should have one actually it's a good yeah it's good it, you don't have to write it up and put it on your wall and you yeah. certainly don't have to get it on a letterhead yeah 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 and um, you don't
0: need to build it into objectives and strategies and please action don't, plans not don't yeah. run a Facebook campaign based on it yeah well
1: unless you're trying to make new friends but I think understanding your purpose yeah. at any given time is helpful yeah. and I think understanding what your current mission uh, your medium to long term approach to achieving that vision is a really nice thing I wouldn't ever use that language though yeah, no, yeah. Personally and I think a lot of not... people
0: do this stuff without using that language. It's yeah. just interesting that, you know, for me, I think people do kind of have a vision of a future. And that's kind of like their values. You know, we talked about terminal values being an end state. Yeah. So maybe there's a bit around that personal crossover. And I think some people in some areas of sort of management and personal development speak will use languages. It will use language like personal vision, personal mission. Um, so it's out there and the processes around it are similar yeah. to around the corporate stuff I or,
1: think absolutely I'd, I'll i be completely frank with you unless I become an astronaut and go to Mars I'm not calling anything a mission for myself yeah yeah. I too. feel it I doesn't... feel it's quite zealous yeah it is um, bit, which me? I'm not necessarily that comfortable yeah. with. but that's a super personal thing and I if you if you are yeah. comfortable great yeah. I guess it's just a really personal thing that I'd not uh, I'm not partially because I just don't think I'm that special yeah I've I'm got, special yeah, to yeah. me yeah, yeah. and I have plans and yeah. have dreams and hopes but um
0: I struggle with mission because I just think it's geographical. Like, I can't, like, I'm, like, I just can't disassociate it from trying to get to a different country or a different place. Like, I Mission mean. Impossible. Yeah. Like, like that. It, it, it's just a
1: film, right? Or just well, maybe that works, right? Cause, <laughs> yeah, because ultimately, maybe. we are all, all uh, the heroes or heroines of our, yeah. of our films. Our so maybe we're all Tom Cruise just trying to achieve I certainly our mission.
0: Am. I certainly am. For those of you um, who are watching this podcast, I'm sure you'll all see exactly uh, how Tom Cruisey I am, right?
1: Right, absolutely. We'll put some photos up. <laughs> Honestly, it's like it's like I'm sitting in the room with Tom
0: Cruise. There's a reason that podcasting's a medium of choice. Um,
1: okay, so I thought it was just so I didn't have to do my hair. Oh, is that anyway?
0: Um, so that's a little bit around who needs a vision. So we kind of think companies, charities, you know, maybe even social groups, individuals. One other thing I call out is that at a large level, you, you touched on it earlier. People need to be able to connect with a vision. So sometimes if you've got a corporate vision for a large group, you need to have maybe a divisional vision that aligns to your corporate vision to see, you know, if your corporate vision is to be the world's best supplier of cars, then maybe one of your divisions is... Finance. Or, or yeah, maybe finance, but I was going to say from an operational perspective, maybe you want to have... A division that provides the best cars geographically in North America or something like that. And then people can see how their little bit fits into the bigger vision. And And the
1: the caveat I would make to all of that is that someone needs to be sense checking their fit. Yeah. Because I have been in a scenario where a team has come up with their own vision and mission and uh, someone shared it with me and I was like, who checked this? Yeah, it's nothing. You suddenly realize they've gone off and done their own thing. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, we don't want the organization to do this. And it's particularly common in charities who yeah. refine their purpose yeah. so they they pull back from mission creep they stretch down and they say right well, this is what we're going to do and there's a team somewhere that goes no i'm not happy with that yeah, so well, we're going passion- to carry on doing passionate what we about the creep, right exactly or, or, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. that's why it creeps yeah, yeah and that's the does. irony it's that yeah. it creeps because people are passionate about it mm-hmm. okay
0: so question on this and we've kind of touched on it and i used the phrase bollocks um are they just bollocks we could translate is that a british phrase it, it, it's, that right, no, well it's a british thing i think okay. they probably do um but are they just garbage? Are they just rubbish? Are they just kind of made up? What sort of view? I mean, you've kind of oscillated around on it.
1: Yeah, I, I flip flop. Um, I I think that anything that can be created into a service or a consultancy uh-huh. tends to get overcomplicated uh, because people feel they need to justify something more complicated than it is. Yeah, I think where you have organizations who aren't honest about what they do which might just be purely to make money yeah um it's very hard for them to admit that so therefore they create a nonsense yeah um but if it's done well and if it's done right and i think you we were talking um just before we came on and i think you made a really good point which i'm gonna steal Um, (laughs) which is this idea that quite often the really great visions and missions have not been crafted deliberately to be visions and missions. They have been a genuine statement from a founder, or from a small organization mm-hmm. saying, this is who we are and what we want to do. And then over time they've been crafted, in the same way as great brands actually. Yeah, they just evolved. They, they, they evolved you know, yeah. and then actually you see, you know, Apple always amazes me of their brand has changed so little and yet so much. Yeah. Um, ultimately at its core it stayed exactly the same all the way through and their look and feel has as well. And I think really good missions and visions Stand the test of time because they're really clear and simple, yeah um so uh, yeah, I mean i it's hard i've I've written a few mm-hmm. i've I've not been happy with some of the ones I've written, and I've also got a sense having helped organizations along the way where they've been writing one that they don't really understand why they're doing it or what they're doing it, and they think it goes on top of a funding uh, document, and that worries me, yeah, because it, it suggests to me they don't really understand why the organization exists, yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, so I think it takes a great deal of self awareness of an organisation to do it properly, and I I, I think organisations without them struggle. Yeah. But I don't think they struggle because they don't have a vision and mission. I think they struggle because they don't know what their vision and mission yeah. or similar yeah, yeah,
0: statement yeah, yeah. is. Yeah. I think there's some really interesting stuff in this, and I think I think you've alluded to a lot of it there. So um, something that strikes me as we were talking a little bit about that earlier, the point that you raised is in terms of who are they for. I guess for me part of part of whether or not they're a rubbish thing is around who they've been created for. Right? So if you've created one purely as a marketing exercise and and if that's your primary driver for the creation of it, then for me that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And that means it probably is a bit of a rubbish thing because it's not really reflecting what you're trying to do. Um and then I've been toying with another idea which uh you know, people know about like greenwashing and impact washing when you try and clean up the image of your organization. I think that from a corporate social responsibility lens and things like that, people may look to use their vision and mission statements as a way to wash their organizational reputation. And I think if that's one of your drivers as well, then it becomes bollocks and it sort of demeans the the purpose of it. And I think if those are some of the motivations for creating your vision and, and mission, then they probably are rubbish and you should probably be wary about them and they might feel disingenuous to your other stakeholders um, and if that's the case then they probably aren't really worth, worth focusing on but I think if they're done well and for the right reasons and if they're genuinely believed in by the people sculpting them then I think they're good things
1: and I think so the, I guess the word that I didn't use earlier when you asked me what makes a good yeah. one and it, it's kind of implied but it's not made as, they need to be honest yeah they really need to be honest. If yeah. your purpose as an organisation is to make as much m- money as possible in the footwear industry, say it. Yeah. Just say it, and yeah. then tell us about the tactics you're going to yeah. use. And if that, but the pro- the problem is that so much of value is an authentic branding yeah. that they can't afford. So their branding department will be sitting there banging, going, "You can't say that because so much of what we we are selling is a lifestyle, is, yeah. uh, is a is a construct." Yeah of how we view the world and who we're aligning ourselves to. And the bottom line is that 17-year-old cool kids on the streets of London do not want to buy a product from someone who has openly admitted that they're trying to make as much money yeah. as possible out of them. It's just yeah. not going to happen. And then that's where the cycle comes in.
0: Yeah. And this conversation could go into all kinds of interesting yes, places. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to chuck out one other thing that I think is interesting as, as a concept around this. So we've talked about the fact that you know all successful organisations... Are pretty good at coming up with visions and missions, but we know that causation and correlation aren't necessarily the same. Um, so I think that's just something to bear in mind. You know, or maybe you can be successful without one. I'm not really sure that you can, um, but it's just something to think about. It, you know, it could be the case that you know people who are good at coming up with visions and missions as organisations also happen to just correlate with the type of people who can run a really good business, right? So there's maybe a bit of a disconnect. I'm not entirely sure.
1: Well, and I would argue what is a good business anyway. I suspect there's people out there who would define a good business as having a good vision and mission and making money. And I think generally, uh, we're not very honest about what makes good and how, why people are making money. You know, there's, there's a couple of very large tech companies around at the moment that people will tell you they are brilliant and they have great cultures. I will tell you they're a monopoly. Yeah. And that's why they're making money. And they, they've used their monopoly advantage there are plenty of companies that, uh, you know, supposedly are brilliant and ethical, but actually what they do is they use their losses in one company to quickly build up capital, yep. and then they can don't have to pay any tax, and then they move into the next country and they offset that. So. You know,
0: <laughs> This really is a different podcast. Yeah, sorry. But,
1: but it all comes back to, they, they claim it's, to be one it's thing. It's all about the accuracy
0: and, and integrity of a vision and mission. And
1: it's not. And it really undermines yeah, everything yeah, they do. Because yeah. if you are working for that company, do you really believe it?
0: Yep, yep. So it, it's do, about the honesty, yeah. right? Um, and, you know, that's where the world of advertising and marketing and branding comes in and all that
1: kind you of You can stuff. tell they're not my favourites, right? Yeah.
0: So Yeah, it's all good. All right, so, so we've talked there about some of the integrity and how it feels and who it's for. Um, do you want to maybe pick up some examples that we think are good I mean you talked there about if you say you're ethical and all that but you're not really then it translates into your behaviour okay I so I, to or...
1: um, I, uh, James has picked out some of these and um, there's one that I particularly love yeah. so interestingly the two that I mentioned I couldn't even remember what their purpose was exactly word for word
0: are these visions or missions uh, these
1: are one's a vision um, one's uh, I think a mission I think okay. JL one's a mission um, but interestingly they're the companies that I thought of even before I knew what the words were and looked at the rest I googled and I found yep. that these are companies that I knew I'd read and I'd thought oh that 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 absolutely pins it and one yep. is a commercial company and one is not uh, sorry one is a uh, shareholder company in fact no I think they're both privately owned which might explain it. possibly um, so one is Ikea and it's their I, I, Ikea vision IKEA is private yeah of course it yeah, is yeah, yeah. so this is hilarious so ironically I do wonder if you could find some correlation between shareholders and the, and the honesty of statements yeah um, so IKEA say uh, that their vision is to create a better everyday life for many people so why,
0: why do you like that okay
1: so firstly I love the scandic many people not everyone Yeah. they're not even <laughs> pretending it's everyone yeah. but they're being honest because they yeah. do reach many people I yeah. mean it's insane how many people they yeah, like yeah. meet Um and you know what they make my life every day better I really don't want them to but they do because I know that there are all sorts of things I don't necessarily 100% agree with yeah. like the disposable nature of some of their products sure. but there are things that bring me joy on a daily basis yeah, that are yeah. from Ikea yeah. uh, and there are and generally day to day they feature in my life so it's honest um, it's it's relatively general which I think we said around visions is mm-hmm. okay Yeah, <laughs> and it's just very
0: Mm. you know so it's that's so one simple, I love right? I mean it was like eight, ten words and I haven't counted it but
1: yeah and hardly, the other it? one I love which um, I'm going to ask you to read out because I've yeah, got it yeah, in front yeah. of you is one that I read um, when I was doing helping someone prepare for a job application yeah, okay, okay. and I just fell in love with it because and it's interestingly it's because it aligns with everything I believe in which is John Lewis yeah yeah, or so John Lewis and Partners as they are now know because yeah. they're rebranded
0: so you read this out when we were doing a prep because it was um, really important for you so their vision, um, or maybe their, their mission, is, is the happiness of all our members. They're a membership organisation, so sort of like a cooperative... Uh, yeah, so their uh,
1: employees are their members. Yeah, so important. partners, yeah. yeah. So I'll
0: start again. So the happiness of all our members through their worthwhile employment in a successful business. I
1: yeah. just love it. It makes me so happy. The understanding that having a successful business... Mm-hmm creates happiness in the people it works for mm-hmm. allows them to both be profitable and recognize that that's important and there's yeah. no point working there's no point running a cooperative that doesn't successful that's crazy yeah. and doesn't make money but that they're doing it for the people who own the business and work in it yeah and i just think that's really honest it's uh, really specific and I think the world would be a better place if organisations focused on being successful so that the people who worked for them and worked in them and owned them were happier. Yeah. I just, I think it's really, really to the point. Yeah, agreed. agreed. Even though they don't say anything about homeware. And let's yeah. face it, we all get to John Lewis for homeware. Yeah. In yeah. Britain. Well, yeah. Don't yeah. Know about the rest.
0: All right. So so that's two two examples there. So really, we're kind of into the list of the week stage now. So so let's, let's sort of recap a little bit and say top three visions and top three purposes. And we'll share versus as the list of the week. So that sound good. Do you want to? lead off on some of those we've already done yeah so we've
1: talked about ikea without question that is my number one vision yeah um you've given a really great example from the world of non-profit which is alzheimer's association which is a world without alzheimer's disease hits every single thing that we talked about in good visions yeah a a vision of the future it's aspirational and they will then i assume go on and define what their role in that will be which i think is fabulous Um, and then uh, the third one you've got on here which is a brand I adore is Patagonia build the best product cause no unnecessary harm use business to inspire and implement solutions to the environmental crisis
0: my guess is they're privately owned uh,
1: I don't know if they are now but they they could be I don't know they definitely were and I think um, they are really really true to that they are very articulate about the environmental crisis and particularly in South America where they're, where they're based um, and do you want to take us through three of the purposes? That you yeah, three out? purposes.
0: So I picked out three purposes that I thought were, were nice. Um, so one is for the Khan Academy, I don't know if people know this. it's an online uh, learning platform. And their purpose is to provide a free world-class education to anyone, anywhere.: I mean and it they just, might be my new favorite.: It's just what it says on what it says, yeah. right? I mean there's nothing ambiguous about it. there's nothing overblown. It's just simple. And it says all the things they are. I mean, it's, an, it's a free platform. It's online. It's really good. So world class is good. It's education. It's open to anyone, anywhere. And they don't put brackets provided they have access to the internet and a computer or whatever. But, you know, it's pretty good. So I like that. Um, ben & Jerry's I put on just because I thought it was kind of nice. Um, so their purpose is making the best possible ice cream in the nicest possible way. And again, I like it because of the simplicity to it, right? It's just kind of simple. Um, and then I also put on the BBC because I, I like this as well. That's the British Broadcasting Corporation, um, and they their uh, their purpose is to enrich people's lives with programs and services that inform, educate, and entertain.
1: Do you know what I love about all three of them? Mm. I was just flicking through in my head all the different roles that I could have in those in those organisations. Yeah, I can't imagine a role where I wouldn't understand what I could do to help them. Yeah that's Which a I great love. great summary yeah particularly so, Ben and Jerry's I mean it, you know it's basically it's, a, it's, it's saying you want to come and work with us be a nice person yeah be nice we're not interested in you yeah
0: yeah, yeah, don't be a jerk right rule number one on hiring
1: wow well, it's great isn't it there's a great there's a great piece in um, a book by James Kerr called Legends about the, mm-hmm. the, the all blacks that's about exactly that rule
0: we we were thinking a little bit earlier about you know the roles of visions and this this is a great I think list as is, is exemplifying some of those. Um, so these are some good ones. Have you got any thoughts on what makes bad ones?
1: Uh, have I got thoughts? I got one big one, <laughs> which is a so I know what well, we do, don't we? This is why we we could talk for hours. I know this is why we. Do. Um, but I uh, the the single one that frustrates me the most is lots lots of ways this can go wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Dishonesty probably being the one that's most obvious from what we've talked about. But there is one that drives me insane and it's grandiose statements, vision statements. Oh, right, okay. It's, It's products that have absolutely no impact, really, on what they're trying to claim that they want to create in the future yeah, okay. and suddenly want to change the world and I can't I, I there's one I've, uh, yeah okay. and I think it was was it Starbucks I was oh, talking Starbucks about it yeah, yeah I can't remember exactly it, what it was it, I can't remember exactly what it was but it was something along we're going to we're going to change the world yeah yeah heal the, one, world, heal one, the world one neighborhood at a time yeah, a great something, coffee I was like and I was just like you know what that's not what I want from Starbucks yeah. when I go in there what well, I want more
0: importantly I, it's not what I sense What they want when I go in there no do you know what I mean if, if I if I, if they genuinely did that and I went in and I felt they were trying to make the world a better place
1: I'd kind of be okay yeah they try and make me laugh which I quite yeah, like and yeah. that would be much more honest uh, so generally grandiose statements really bug me yeah
0: so it's, it's funny you said that I, I scribbled one down that I kind of don't like uh, and for a similar reason which is um, this is actually Coke so apologies if we've got any Coke employees here um, their, their vision is, or maybe I guess this is their mission, sorry, to refresh the world in mind, body and spirit, to inspire moments of optimism and happiness through our brands and actions. Now, for me, I don't think that that's genuine. Um, and I also think it's kind of self-indulgent and grandiose.
1: Right? It's hugely self-indulgent. I mean, really? I do wonder. So you've you've hit on something really interesting, which is I wonder whether I struggle with it because I'm not, because I'm British and we're just not into that kind of statement. Because a lot yeah. of the statements that I struggle with are not British and they're from this very sort of verbose, sort of yeah. dreamy corporate world. Which is very much that I expect to come out of like, the American dream. Maybe. I it don't possibly, know. I, it possibly. It's a nonsense though. Coke doesn't do that. That's I don't even we'll start with what Coke does do, but yeah. Coke does definitely that's not, not do that.
0: Know, their purpose isn't to refresh the world, right? I mean, or, or if it is, then there's some other bits in there around profitability and distribution and, you know. All that yeah, it'd be much
1: more honest to say uh, we, we want to put a tin of yeah. Coke in the hand of everybody that wants one. Totally.
0: Because let's be honest. A heavily sugared and caffeinated product is not going to refresh your mind or body or spirit. Really.
1: It might give me a massive sugar hit. Right? It
0: might give you yeah, exactly. I like I like Coke as a product. I just think it's disconnected from from yeah. there.
1: We'll keep you awake when you need it. Yeah. Keep you focused. Exactly. I know. Right?
0: But it's not gonna refresh No,
1: and I do I think I think that's that's you know, a bunch and I know of people sitting like, in a room getting overexcited. Yeah,
0: and they've got a portfolio of brands and whatever, and that's fine, but yeah. that's not what it's about. Anyway. So we talked about grandiose or really ambitious. There are a couple other ones that I think are, are some watch out. So anything that contradicts itself or contradicts what it does. Yeah. So to me, that actually kind of contradicts what it does because they fundamentally sell a lot of fairly unhealthy products, and then they adopt the language of a sort of
1: healing type of I do language. Do wonder if they'd be better off switching their up. There's there's some really like there's some really good examples of products that used to be considered day to day products, and now you can treat them as luxuries. And uh-huh. you know what? I'd be more like this Coke if they were really honest about the fact, you know, it's that post hangover, yeah. you're struggling a bit, and it's really gonna do you need me going to get going. And why not? If you're going to do it, do it properly yeah, and go, yeah. for you, go for the original. Yeah. But I guess they've got a huge market share to protect.
0: Yeah, yeah, and a broad brand range, right? It yeah, makes it complicated. Um, and then the last one is vague so I can't remember we had an example of something that was really vague and it, I, I can't remember who it uh, was
1: it was something generally like make good drinks for everyone
0: yeah yeah to, to be an effective market leader in our uh, operational target yeah. or whatever yeah. something like that anyway just
1: don't be vague. If, if it can apply to not just another company but another sector you're probably yeah. shooting in the wrong hoop
0: yeah alright so quick recap on list of a week list of a week is top three visions or three good visions and three good purposes so we had Ikea To create a better everyday life for many people. The Alzheimer's Association, a world without Alzheimer's. And Patagonia, to build the best product, cause no unnecessary harm, use business to inspire and implement solutions to the environmental crisis. So that's our three vision statements.
1: And the three purpose statements were Khan Academy to provide a free world-class education to anyone everywhere. I'm totally going to Google them. Uh, Purpose, Ben & Jerry's, make the best possible ice cream in the nicest possible way, which I love and the BBC to enrich people's lives with programming services that inform, educate, and entertain. And each of those, I think, really clear. Yeah. Okay. Great,
0: all right, so, um, any quick stories from a keyboard?
1: Uh, I've got one, Yeah. Um, and it's a comparison one, really. Okay. i want to tell you two very quickly. Uh, I've been involved in quite writing quite a lot of strategies, strategic plans, visions, missions, etc. And I want to give you two contrasting experiences that I had one and it comes back to this authenticity thing one is where uh i watched an organization involve everybody in the development of their vision and mission uh uh, and at every stage they would produce a slide at the end of those discussions that already had it pre-written in part Yeah, yeah right and it was it was just horrific and then the second did exactly the same process but genuinely went away as a leadership team and discussed what everyone was saying. You know and what's what's funny? Out of two.
0: This is the story that I was going to talk about as well. Oh, so really? So maybe, maybe I think at some point we need to do an episode around that process of crafting revision statements and different yeah. ways to do it and how to do well. Anyway, go on. It's just no, great. it's just it's it, funny. It's it. the same it's
1: thing. Just, it's the most astonishing thing when mm-hmm. I I worked for this. I worked for two organizations and I did. I was in the room. Helping it, And you just watch the, the enthusiasm and the belief seep out the people. So it firstly, it's completely yeah. um, shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah. And secondly, you don't get a better statement. Yeah. You get what you think, as yeah. a senior leadership yeah. or as a consultant, you're getting. Yeah, um, but, but even more than
0: that, and even more damagingly, everybody feels that you've lied to them. Or
1: oh. oh, you've
0: tricked them. You've tricked me into contributing to your game because so, you want me to buy in. And so I guess the judgeful. reason I
1: wanted to mention this, uh, particularly around vision and mission is it dirties it it does the it really does It does because they look at you and they're like that's not our mission that's yep. not it's our unclean. mission
0: that's yours and not only is it un- uh, not only is it yours and, and unclean but you sullied me in the process of getting there yeah because right? you I pretended mean,
1: you were bring me yeah. along for the ride and then surprised by... yeah. so firstly don't do it and secondly if you are going to do it don't do it that badly yeah yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um,
1: so yeah that's why
0: cool. alright so exactly the same um, I've not done it at an organisational level but I've done it um, at sort of functional levels within larger organisations And again, we've done similar exercises. You know, you sculpt your vision in different ways. And we've seen exactly the same thing. You know, I work with leaders to uh, come up with visions for their divisional areas. And some of them bring people together in a room and listen to them and value them. um, And use that to co-create meaningfully uh, a vision and mission. And then, of course, you know, build out objectives and metrics and stuff like that. Some of them just do it and then say, and here's mine. And then it's all.
1: And you all know which one's coming. Yeah. And the other, the other flip side of a very similar situation is when uh, everyone feeds in and then a week later someone sends out what it is and you're like, how did that come out of the conversation? And yeah. it, didn't. It, yeah, didn't. it didn't. It came yeah, out of a beer afterwards with one of the leadership teams. Yeah. yeah.
0: Cool, all right. Uh, any final thoughts on this? We're kind of getting to the end of our time here.
1: Um, probably just one from me around top tips. Um, and uh, it's my what I call the mum test. Okay. So I have consistently asked my mum and my niece. My mum is of a certain age. She'd kill me if I knew yeah, that are not, not young. To yeah, it's yeah. not young. And my niece is 19, and consistently I will ask them to check vision and missions and say, what do you take from it? What do you think it means? Fine. Um, That's good. You can do a whole load of market research, but, you know, your mum and your, your niece or, or nephews is probably just as good. It's a good sense check, isn't it? Yeah. Just, you know, when they sp- spot the first initial from each word spell something rude is always something. Yeah, like yeah, it. that happens, isn't it?
0: Um, okay, I've got one tip as well, or maybe a reflection point. If you're in an organisation and you're involved in doing this and you have a, a vision or mission statement... You should go around and speak to some people, you know, on on the floor um, without leading up to it in advance, without letting people know and just ask them and say, hey, you know, so I just want to check in. Do you guys know what our vision and mission are? Um, And it's really interesting to hear what you get back from people. You probably get people who haven't got a clue and you probably get people who garble it and you might get some people that know. But what I'd say is if generally people don't know or can't, Get the nub of it really in their communications, then either it's not very good, um or it might be good, but it doesn't resonate with your people, or it's not been communicated. And all of those are three bad things. But just asking the question and speaking about it is useful because it can help bring people together.
1: But don't make it a quiz. No. I once was in an organization where there was a a quiz, quiz and you got scored on it and you had to pass. Yeah, and I just remember thinking, "Wow, how to suck all the joy out of life." Yeah, it's a bit. Everyone was sitting there, their, their computer like freaking out. Yeah. Um. Okay. Really good. Really helpful there. Um. So, I guess that brings us towards the end of our time today. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's it's us. kind of sped past today, and we've talked quite a lot. Um, we've talked about some definitions. We've had that discussion. We've looked at some terminology. We moved on to a research roundup and. Particularly looked at value, uh, visions, and missions, and how they sit within management theory and within that strategic development process, um, and what good looks like. We had our favourites, our list of the week yeah. our favourite. It's so obvious which ones we liked. so well. yeah. the warmth, that we I talk know. About them. But we also talked about where you can go wrong with them. Boo! Totally.
0: Evil, evil statements. Yeah. Sorry
1: about that. I went off on some <laughs> mad rant about That's how right, round I frustrated well. I get about bad visions and missions yeah. and, and dishonesty. <laughs> in corporate life uh, we talked about some stories from our own experiences which turned out to be pretty similar Yeah, the same um, one. and gave you a couple of tips uh, and reflections and I guess it's now time for us to check out so just a reminder you can uh, can reach us on Twitter
0: yeah that's right you can get us at the wow podcast on Twitter we uh, we keep an eye on that and if you've got any questions or anything you want to ask or any suggestions for shows chuck them in
1: and definitely share any favourite vision solutions yes, I'd love, there. I'd Please. love some really, particularly um,
0: bad ones. And some ways are like, I want good ones, but I'm...
1: <laughs> Why do we always end up asking for bad stuff? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but definitely we would love to hear from that. So uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on, on Twitter and on our website. But until next time, have a great week.
0: Yeah, bye everyone. Bye. Hi, thanks for listening to this episode of the World of Work podcast. To learn more about what we do, please check out our website, www.worldofwork.io, where you can read some great articles, learn more about the seminars and courses that we deliver, or even support us if you wish through our Patreon page. That's www.worldofwork.io. Thank you.